0: And welcome to another episode of the Rabona podcast. This week, we'll be talking about the new foreign managers making their mark in England and throughout Europe. We'll be joined by the wonderful James Horn Castle to discuss Maurizio Sarri's introduction at Chelsea. And we'll also be talking about the advances made by Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds, Thomas Tuchel at PSG, and Unai Emery's uncertain start, but promising start at Arsenal. joined again by Michael De Silva and Ryan Hun hello both of you hello and let's jump straight in Um, I mentioned there that I felt that Emery had had an uncertain start but still a promising start at Arsenal and I suppose what I meant by that is even though they've lost both games both tough matches to Chelsea and to Manchester City there have been promising indications of a a path forward how do you feel about that Michael? I mean I think if you had said to
2: um you know, most Arsenal fans would have accepted that they'd have no points um, or maybe one point from those opening two games. So it's not going to be, it's not exactly a crisis or a uh, a, a particular surprise. Um, but I think there's enough good points um, from, from Arsenal, certainly in that second game um, against Chelsea, where I think, I mean, a draw, I mean, I think Chelsea deserved it just about. Um, but things are starting to click a little bit for Arsenal and I think they've got, it's West Ham next for them, right? Yep. Um, At home. Yeah, so you'd like to think that they'll get off the mark there. You'd like to.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't, but I think you would. What do you think is working for them? What have you seen that's encouraged you about Arsenal? They got behind Chelsea
2: quite a lot in that, certainly in that first half. Second half, they kind of tailed off. They weren't so good, but I thought Bellerin was um, a liability at the back, but going forward, he was a, a real asset for them. And I think um, there are signs that Emery is going
0: to try to utilise those wide players a bit more. I saw some chance creation there. I mean, there were the, it's funny because I saw some glaring misses from close positions, but you could argue conversely that the quality of chance Arsenal are creating is impressive.
3: Yeah, I right. think this was the first, having watched all the preseason games as well, it's the first clear example of the work that Emery's doing on the training ground, I think. Right. Mm. You saw it with uh, Mikatarian's goal. No, it goal actually. Mm. It was, uh, I think it was 19 passes out of the back. And a very similar actually to what we were saying last week about Man City's. The quality chances. Getting right? to the yeah. byline yeah. and cutting back. Yeah. And uh, that created a few chances for Arsenal. Having been there for the taking at at 2-0 mm. actually
2: Arsenal could have had 5 in that what, first what half what do you really. think about Lacazette not starting because for me I think it's a a, a ready made partnership with Aubameyang
3: yeah I think he started Iwobi because Awobi. I'm not sure if you remember last season when Arsenal played Chelsea at the bridge but Iwobi played in a similar role and he's really good defensively he offers mm. quite a lot defensively which I think Emery probably would have looked at that game I think it was 0-0 that game mm. last season and he works hard I think in this in Chelsea away I think a point would have been enough and I think it was more Emery looking for a little bit of stability. You know, he dropped Aaron Ramsey mm. to the bench and the reason maybe Aubameyang started up front on his own kind of alludes to maybe Emery thinking we might have had to hit him on the break. We, oh no, I've been outed.
0: Sorry, <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> having to hit uh, <laughs> Chelsea on the break. truth is out there. The <laughs> the truth
2: is out oh,
3: there. No. Um. I think also with Aubameyang and Lacazette on the pitch away to Chelsea, I think it leaves you maybe a little bit too exposed. Although
2: Lacazette, I don't think, will have done himself any favours with his role in the the Chelsea winner, right?
3: Yeah, I think him and Torreira were both at fault, actually. Um, mm. Torreira didn't track Alonso. Mm. And um, it, I mean, I think all three goals were pretty soft, actually, and defensively. Just to flip it, what did you guys think of Chelsea?
2: Um, I thought Jorginho was, he looks the part, Mm. he looks really good I like how he influences the game from a kind of a, a
0: deep more a subtle player more uh, subtle Actually, what Fabregas I suppose was supposed to be yeah. or, or was at some he's what Fabregas was in the first season that mm. Mourinho came back and won the league yeah uh, the sort of deep lying yeah midfield they're not necessarily defensively that strong which is a problem I think Mm. but ability to sort of dictate the play from deep and Jorginho doesn't look like I mean he's not a
2: a big guy he's not a really huge physical presence Um, he does it all with his feet Um, I I
3: like Jorginho a lot I think he had a good game I think Chelsea were impressive Mm. actually I think um, the way that they they attacked in the first half. Was I mean? It put Arsenal under a lot of
2: pressure.
0: Barkley looked good. Let's just I say was, Ross Barkley. Did, I wanted yeah.
2: to mention Barkley, <laughs> and he 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 kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, but I think he could. He He's could, a lovely player. Sari likes him.
0: Yeah, mm. he likes him. I'm glad him. to
2: see him getting a. a Well, seemingly looking like he's in Sari's plans as well. Yeah, he'll have Kovacic kind of on his on his back. Who was impressive Um, as well when he came on. So yeah, so he'll need. It's good for Barkley to have that pressure um, in his place um, for his place, I should say. But yeah, it's it's good to see him back um, because things kind of went off the rails a little bit for him at Everton. So he's a player with huge potential, similar age to. Raheem Sterling, you know, right. came through see, wow. at the same kind of time, but obviously Sterling has gone on to uh, to, to bigger and better things, while Buckley's career is stalled a little bit.
0: One thing I want to do and sort of jump in with a segue is: you look at this Arsenal team, and it's very clear already the Emery imprint. You know, mm. the man that won these three Europa leagues at Sevilla. You see the style; he likes his high pressing, um, defensively minded forwards. Mm. And a segue to another manager who's made a big impression very quickly, uh, Bielsa at Leeds, Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds. Oh. You watch that team and you're like, already you see the hallmarks. Three out of three, right? Four three out of four. three. Four out of four. four out of four. Four out of four. Three out of three in the championship this the season, league, I think, yeah. yeah. So they've won, one, played three, three, mm. scored nine, conceded two, blew away Stoke in the first game and they yeah. won again this weekend and they, uh, I think, beat Frank Lampard's Derby County 4-1. Mm. Bielsa is, is fascinating, isn't he? Because he's the kind of He's the inspiration for so many other managers. Yeah. Um, I think a real
3: key sign about Bielsa is how many people just absolutely adore him. Rave about him. And you can see that Im- impact he's already had at Leeds for years and years and years and years. They've been through a, a really torrid time. Mm. And there's been such un- uncertainty at the club, you know, the very side, ropey yeah. ownership, poor managerial choices, poor player recruitment. To now, it's a completely there's an identity so, now to leaders exactly there, and it's right? really yeah. good to see them with a plan and with someone who the whole club seems to be behind and he's you know instantly energised that club
0: I don't think the challenge maybe, maybe energize them, them too much I mean <laughs> Bielsa the famous yeah, the dark side of Bielsa's tackle he absolutely be absolutely knackered after Christmas is the old well situation. that's the
3: thing I mean in a for, you know we were talking about this before we recorded you know that how difficult that league is and 46, 46 games in a season <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Can, Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday they want to get out of the league cup and the FA Cup you as quick as possible two pages yeah.
2: And, but I don't think the championship has ever seen a formation of 3 3 3 1 before. <laughs>
1: I
3: mean, it's amazing. It's a
2: vintage football manager. <laughs>
3: like I'm yeah. gonna take
2: over Leeds and I'm gonna chuck in a 3 3 you wheeler. Know. It's 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 I I'm kinda happy for Leeds, you know. They've I feel like they've done their time, mm. you know. How long have they been out of the, the Premier League? Like fifteen years, is 14 it? Years, Fourteen, 30, 14 15, years, long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's too long for a club that, that size and they've got um I mean the championship have got Three or four sleeping giants, you know, um, you know, Nottingham Forest being
0: another one, I'd like to see them come back. It's got some real institutions, doesn't it? Yeah. The, um, you've got Villa Aston Villa, wow, yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, one thing I want to say about Bielsa, though, we were talking, I think, before about this and about the fact that he's so heralded despite not having necessarily that much silverware. Mm. And I just think that's because he's it's the cliche, but he is ahead of his time, he's like that sort of film director, like you know, like. John Orofsky or whatever. Like he's that person who makes the movie that inspires the big movie. Mm-hmm. Like a kind of Lou Reed. You know how Lou Reed actually doesn't, <laughs> didn't sell that much as the ones that like went well, on took his style or like Rakim, you know, Rakim didn't sell as many as like Tupac. But if you talk to all the rappers, they like, he's like a rapper's rapper, like manager's manager. Yeah. Well, he does
3: leave a mark, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, what was it? Chile hadn't qualified for two world cups and then he took them back to the world cup. Yeah. Mm. First time they got a point away at Uruguay for right was it forever (laughs) I
2: just wish um Bielsa had come to Leeds like a little bit earlier of course I think he's 62 certainly in his early 60s um and yeah I feel like the influence of his methods um have perhaps been kind of taken and moved on a little bit from you know by the likes of Guardiola of course Pochettino um but Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bielsa's still got a bit I more I think to he's still offer.
0: got it. I think what it is with Bielsa, if you look at though, the team, if you look at the um, managers who've taken from him, they have had, they, what they do is they don't press the entire nine. They basically have like, say like 40 minutes where they do mm. the Bielsa style. Yeah. They've kind of diluted it to an extent. So even you look at Liverpool to an extent, Liverpool, um, now they've brought Naby Keita can play that style for seventy minutes as opposed to forty, yeah, because he gives them the intensity. Absolutely, and I think other managers have recognised. Look, if if and actually I think Guardiola said this. He said if you if Atletico if Atletico Bilbao yeah played that every week they'd win the league every week. Yeah. But it, you can't have the intensity. Well, that's Whereas, it, and you have to, and you have to. Sorry, no, no, that's, that's fine. No, one thing I want. To, the last thing I'll say is yeah. The one thing with Bielsa is he can create the perfect DVD. If you want someone to create the perfect performance, (laughs) like this is the this is the perfect football performance, Bielsa's that guy. He creates individual masterpieces. I think that's his value as a great a great coach. Totally. You have to wonder whether Leeds, um, with the greatest respect, have
2: the the players with the the fitness levels and the quality to maintain it beyond the end of the year. I'd be really interested to see Leeds performances from say January to to May because I wouldn't be surprised to see them top at Christmas. Um, but it's one of the most exciting projects we've seen in English football for a long, long time.
3: Yeah, they've made some really good signings as well. I mean, I knew they signed Bamford, which I think is actually, I think Bamford under Bielsa. Terrific player. It's just, that's kind of, Terrific. that's <laughs> fun. That just sounds fun to me. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? But you know, the Lewis Baker on loan from Chelsea, Jack Harrison from City. So they've got a lot of, they've got, they've got Jamal Blackman as well, the goalkeeper from Chelsea. Oh. So they, who is really highly rated. Mm-hmm. Actually, I spoke to a friend of mine who's a Leeds fan here in Berlin and he was, really excited about Jamal Blackman but also worried a little bit because there's a couple of other keepers coming through at Leeds. Mm. But they just they just seem really exciting again. I in think a there's a lot of goodwill well, for yeah. the um, for the Bielsa project. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot sorry. I think he's going to get a lot more time than maybe other managers <laughs> have recently
2: at Leeds, you know. Yeah, i would like to think so.
3: Well,
0: um, since uh, I'm doing I'm, I'm in the game of doing segues, uh the word project is used probably most often in association with Paris Saint-Germain. I mean, that is, a, I mean, I think project is the kind of, there are two things that make a project in football. There's money plus a foreign manager. Like if, if you've got if the two elements of money and a foreign manager, I've never seen an English manager in charge of a team and call it a project. So at PSG, you've got the ultimate project. You've got Thomas Tuchel um, and you've got a lot of money and an, an interesting dressing dynamic, shall we say. Mm. How do you feel about Tuchel at PSG so far and... Going I think um, I, I'm I'm really
2: excited about it. I think Tuchel is um, is I think he's a great coach. I think he's um, he has his own philosophy, kind of um, influence from from elsewhere, but it's it's a very distinctive way of playing football. Um, I think um, I don't want to get on the wrong side of Dortmund fans, but I think he he was uh, perhaps uh, they weren't ready for him, mm. and he didn't have the um, the tools at his disposal there that he's going to have at PSG. Um, he this is a guy who turned he he turned a Bamiyang into the player that he is. Um, he took him from yeah. a one of the top players in the Bundesliga to a genuine world class striker. Um, he also brought on the likes of Usman Dembele and Mkhitaryan um, actually Mkhitaryan um, Pulisic who struggled who struggled in the Klopp and know, Pulisic is extraordinary right yeah. yeah and all of these guys are where they are now. And I reckon a lot of them wish they were still being coached by Tuchel. Yeah. He strikes me as someone who is
3: re- people really want to play for mm. of a certain dynamic. And so you see the same with Guardiola, some players of certain kind of with certain egos or maybe certain, you know, maybe a certain
0: age, because yeah, if definitely. you look at like, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily, I think you made a great point there. Partly the key that, you know, young players tend to be more malleable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I think, you know, he's worked very well with a small, more sort of fragile personalities, um, fragile is not fair more sensitive personalities and i think the challenge he had at dortmund really was you know there was a twofold the budget was a challenge he didn't have the players he wanted necessarily but also fell out with some of the older guard who had a way of doing things yeah. they had maybe a manager that gave more leeway there was perhaps less controlling yeah you know like nuri sahin the you know, certainness mm-hmm. so of the old guard dortmund who were like oh we do things differently around here and yeah. it's really interesting that they're the ones that came out to criticize him most when you know all this stuff before that happened yeah
2: i mean uh, on the pitch he's a really exciting coach and he's um you know, he's he's a disciple of Pep in many ways. Right. Um speaks very highly of Pep, doesn't yeah, he? He really, really loves him. He does. Um so yeah, I mean I think um you yeah, know, he likes that that high press and you know, there's an element of gay compressing to his to his philosophy as well. But I think one area where it, if it's gonna go wrong for him at PSG, it could be with his relationship with the board. You mm. know, that's where it went wrong at Dortmund. He fell out with them, um, I don't think he felt like he was being backed um, as much as you know. I think I think there was one time when he said that w- we can't um, we can't sell our best players and get better as a team. Mm. It's just a dichotomy. That's a challenge
0: you won't have at PSG so much. Exactly. Once Neymar's gone, I mean Neymar could well go to Madrid. Yeah. But they have Mbappe. Yeah. They have Timothy Ware coming through the ranks, who's yep. looked really good they've just got a terrific array of young players. You know, recruitment won't be a challenge. I think if they treat it as a project, if they say, listen, yeah, let's be Champions League contenders within yeah. four years, which is entirely possible, yeah. then they could do something really exciting. Absolutely. Right the stages. And this
2: is where Tuchel's, this is where strength lies and how he manages the likes of um, Neymar and Mbappe. I think he will. I really do think he will. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's kind of a micromanager. He likes to manage the small details, mm. but um, as long as they buy into it and you know, as other players have done, the ones I mentioned a few minutes yeah. ago. Um, I think we could be onto something special with... PSG might have finally found their man. Yeah, but I mean, he's a manager that they've
3: not had in terms of profile before. Right. And I think he's one of the... He's the first guy in that kind of Guardiola, Klopp-esque mould mm. that those kind of clubs really really want now. Mm. And um, I think, actually, I was a little bit worried when he went there with the Neymar situation in terms of, like, how they would gel. And obviously... He wasn't around in preseason, so it's. I mean, there are only two games into league, uh, so you know we can't really tell yet. But I think actually he's someone who, like Klopp, he has that ability to drill those players really hard, but also stick that you know quote unquote arm around the shoulders, like yeah. no, actually I really care about you, yeah. and and I think that's that's something that's that that I think if you're gonna manage Neymar. I think it's is really important. Yeah, or Almost trick him into
2: working hard. But another out. another aspect is is tactically as well. He's, he's flexible. Yeah, so definitely. Even the game we saw at the weekend, PSG, beat. I'm glad you said that. No? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: they were 1-0 down at half-time. Um, they were playing a 4-3-3 and Mbappe wasn't on the pitch. Um, he switched it up and he brought Mbappe on, changed it to a 4-2-3-1. And not every coach has basically the the guts to do that or not maybe the guts but they they believe so much in their own philosophy the ideology is yeah, with four, three, three. yeah, yeah. Right, they right. don't want to accept that right. they need to change it but Tuchel is humble enough to, to know that so he, he he switched it around and I mean PSG you'd expect them to to beat Gangor.
0: <laughs> Gangor. Yes, but, yes, yes, yes. But it was, I think it was because of Tuchel's change that that was facilitated. Talking of changes um, and just jumping into another foreign manager who is.
3: Before you jump out, yes. sorry to interrupt. Can I just pull that one thing from that game, which was amazing? Did you see the end? Was it Marcus Turam swapping shirts yes, with wildly. Buffon, uh, yeah. who was born in Parma when. Lillian and Buffon play together. Cool. That's wild. And I just thought That's that was really. Yeah, he's
0: he's nice. Gandalf, isn't he? Really? <laughs> like, you look at like the goalkeeping Gandalf. It was like, so great. It's it like, I'm just, just
3: swapping them. shirts with my mates, uh, my dad's mate. It's amazing. <laughs> he's still playing.
0: <laughs> Back my break, and let's take a quick look at some of those games in the weekend. What stood out to you, Michael and Ryan? Well, um, maybe we get on to the Premier League in a minute.
2: Um, I watched Torino versus Roma, oh. and that was a cool game. It was really cool. It looked like it was going to be nil-nil for, uh, well, basically until the last minute. And a little bit of magic
0: from Dzeko settled it. And he's such a class player. He's so, so good. Dzeko's um, had a funny career because... He's been slightly maligned, I think. If you look at the results he's produced—Wolfsburg, yeah. City, Roma—he's yeah, yeah. been really impressive. actually. Yeah, consistent. Yeah,
2: always had a um, a great scoring record wherever he's gone. And yeah, I mean, if you haven't, anyone listening to this, if you haven't seen Checo's goal against Torino, please check it out. I mean, created by Justin Cliver, who looks really impressive, really, really impressive. He kind of um, beat two or three defenders i think he beat the same defender twice actually <laughs> yeah um and then crossed it perfect cross for the far post and dzeko just a controlled volley into the far corner and it was a, a, a goal worthy of settling any game so yeah um that was a cool game
0: um Clivet made a real impact when he came on as well he just like yeah what a great career so move can i just say this look because funny how he's echoed his dad and going from ajax to Serie A. Yeah, true. But also, you know, Roma is a better club, I think, than Milan was for his father Mm -hmm. because there's chances to play. The expectation, I think, is that bit lower. But you're playing alongside terrific older players who can kind of bring you on.
2: I reckon um, his father has advised him really well there. Um, There's no point going... I mean, I'm sure teams like, you know, Barcelona, City, were looking at him. But... um, at his age, you just need to be getting game time. Right, right. And he's doing it at the best possible club he can do it at, if that makes sense. Yes, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a perfect move for him. Um, and as long as he's playing regularly, I think he could be a star in the making. I mean, he's got this low centre of gravity. Um, you can just jink past defenders, like just
0: so effortless, effortlessly right, right.
2: Um, yeah he's he's really exciting prospect. and Vision
0: sounds like he's got a good end
2: product you yeah know, yeah can pick a pass up. I think he could he could have it all you know, so right really what, what,
0: what have you been spying on which games have you been watching uh, well, you've had a binge by the sounds of I it I watched so much football this weekend
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, also in Serie A Lazio Napoli was a really really good oh, okay. game Lazio took the lead so the ball comes forward there's three three Napoli defenders uh, we're talking to James a bit later about Sari and obviously left Napoli he would have cried watching this defending. <laughs> Immobile, he's got three defenders against him. I think it's uh, Kelebali, Abiol, and uh, Albiol, sorry, and I can't remember who the other guy is. And he literally backheels it past three of them and they all go the same way. It's the most schoolboy. Oh, it's good. such terrible defending. But it wasn't a great piece of skill. Though. It was lovely, but the way that it, like three top-level defenders shouldn't be sold the way that yeah. he uh, I mean if you watch the goal it's, right, it's a right, bit like it, yeah. that was kind of amazing but also what are they doing it reminded me of it was very Arsenal-esque they're defending <laughs> and uh, and then slotted it away really nice and then uh, yeah Napoli came back
0: but yeah. I'm, I'm almost sympathetic when three defenders by a dummy because Zidane did that <laughs> Zidane did that one he had a comeback game and he does this incredible dribble top of the box and at first you're like okay the players look stupid but then after a point you're like well I mean, it's kind of magical, right? It's oh kind of, yeah. yeah, the
3: thing is the spacing between them. I think all three defenders were separated by about a yard and a half. Oh no. You know, so, and they all went to him. And I need uh, to watch
2: that. It sounds comical.
3: It was a good game. And then um, there was a, a, a VAR disallowed goal where uh, I think uh, Koulibaly smashed some guy in the back of the head and he was literally laying on the floor in the middle of the six yard box. <laughs> and Koulibaly jumped over him again. And um, uh, Milik, Milik, I think it's the post yes, guy. Yes, yes, right? Milik, yeah, yeah. He push. scored but it got disallowed and then he actually scored the equalizer and then uh, Insigne scored the winner it's lovely. Really Good to nice. see Milik
0: back cuz he had a terrible injury as well didn't he at one point. Really yeah last season That's when last... he moved yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Quick shout before we get into Premier League for Leo Messi against Alaves only because Barcelona beat Alaves 3-0 and I know Messi's great I know that we love Messi on this podcast but I just think it's his passing is something which is just extraordinary and he mm. was the first half against alavés he was mind blowing uh, just mm. the weight the depth the range of his passing and i think you know I, i'm a big believer that he's been around so long and he's been so good that there's a risk of actually underappreciating what he does mm. so i just sort of well he quit-
3: scored their 6000th uh, la liga goal and he would also scored their 5th
0: like the Goodness. five thousand or five thousand greatest 5, player 5, of all time. By a significant distance. Yeah, so he was quite, amazing that he game. He came take to the bank. Yeah. His so free kick was really good.
2: He uh, Under the wall. Under the wall. Uh,
0: and just,
3: yeah,
2: nice.
0: I mean, so amazing.
2: Um So, Musa, I don't want to bring it up, but Manchester United.
0: Oh, no, I'm happy to discuss it. Uh, <laughs> um, what know, happened? What happened? Just a complete emotional, sort of psychological implosion, really. Because United started very well, but they don't have players... They don't have enough players that can assert match control. Fred is a new player in the midfield and unfortunately looks frantic. is not psychologically settled, I think at the moment. Mm-hmm. So he's doing a lot of ball chasing, lost positional sense. Andres Pereira is similar. The scary thing about United is at the moment, they look frightened. Mm-hmm. Paul Pogba made more mistakes and he didn't look frightened, but he looked frantic and he made more mistakes in 90 minutes than he made in the entire you know, six weeks of France's World Cup campaign. Do you think
2: the tide is um, turning in the United dressing room against against Mourinho?
0: I don't see how it can't be. You know, people are coming out in the press and hammering Anthony Martial, Anthony Martial for being a poor player. Martial must be devastated because this is a player who was ahead of Dembele in the pecking order. Mm. You know, came to United, scored uh, against Liverpool in his first match, was heralded as a future United legend and had problems in his personal life, you know, a bad breakup. But the point is really... You know, Mourinho has destroyed so much of his confidence. This is an elite attacking talent. It's also a guy, by the way, who um, quite legitimately
2: wanted to attend the birth of his baby and couldn't do it without being criticised
0: Wanted to go on loan to severe because he feared that he wouldn't get to go to the World Cup. This is a, someone that wants to play football. This isn't, this isn't your sort of typical, you know, he's being stereotyped as a kind of a shirker who's not professional. Martial wanted to go to Sevilla on loan because mm. he was so desperate to play in the World Cup yeah. and if you can't get the best out of a player like Marshall, quite frankly then it's on you because yeah. we all look, look what Sarri's done already with Morata Morata mm. is already looking more confident yeah. look what um, you know um, Raheem Sterling's done under Guardiola look what Ross Barkley's already doing under Sarri you know yeah. this is the fault is with the manager
2: yeah and it's a flaw that has followed Mourinho throughout his career I mean he's never been at any club longer than three years I believe right. Um, Real Madrid I think was his longest 2010 to 2013 um, he he he's not one for the long term and that's
0: always because he falls out with people he can't I th- keep the peace well, I can, think I, can, about- say well? can I just yeah. I'm sorry to jump in but this is important I just want to say Brighton fans, any Brighton fans listening, outstanding performance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely amazing what you yeah, did. Yeah. Um, the pressing was terrific. The way that you absorbed the early pressure mm-hmm. uh, as a team was fantastic. And Chris Hughton, just a manager for whom I have immense respect, not mm-hmm. only as a manager, but someone who I met personally once at um, a football writer's dinner. Mm. And just, he'd just been sacked actually. Um, and they brought in Pardew mm-hmm. for him. And the way that he handled that, he I think it was the Newcastle job. Yeah, He was doing a really good job at Newcastle. And I saw Pardew walk past Chris Hughton at this event and he could not have been more gentle, more kind, even though the circumstances of that were absolutely appalling. Yeah. So this Chris, is a Chris Hughton is really respected he really is one the of the you know the yeah, nice, very guys dignified guy. Yeah, and I just have to say that I mean Brighton were terrific. So I don't want to sort of sound as if I'm maligning that club. Of course not. But
2: this you know Manchester United obviously have different expectations to Brighton and. Yeah. Um, you know well
3: not now is,
0: which he, <laughs> well I think actually
3: sorry to cut in but I think that's the, the the key thing to say is that I think I don't think necessarily the result of losing at Brighton is so catastrophic I think it was more the performance the and, complacency, and, and, yeah. and after that as soon as Brighton scored United looked Genuinely awful for a period
2: of time. Absolutely right. And with every um, with every United defeat under Mourinho, the
0: spectre of Zinedine Zidane just gets a little bit. Hey, greater. exactly. Like, like yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can actually say it. But since we're talking about um while on the subject of Manchester teams playing long ball football, Manchester City... <laughs> <laughs> what an assist. Manchester City great. against Huddersfield. Did I he mean, mean...
2: I mean, he was just punting it upfield, wasn't he?
0: Look, I mean, the thing that is... That was absolutely incredible. That. He, meant, he, meant, <laughs> but he meant that. I mean, like the did range, he? the passing range of Edison. I mean, he can... He's extraordinary. And, yeah. But... Did you, see say,
3: the, did you see the angle from behind the yeah, Huddersfield people. goal where... Because um, it's a goal kick, so obviously he can't be offside. Mm. And Aguero is standing to City's left-hand side and he just makes a dart across behind the defender, mm. and then Edison plays it into space. It's for to unbelievable. Run onto it. And the defender has no idea where he is. Yeah, Schindler. It was, was really, really, really good. He puts
0: it into a 10-yard box right around. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But I want to say about City very quickly, there's a great piece of analysis by Leon Osman saying, if you look at how City now learned to break teams down, because you know last year they were having teams sit deep against them, so pace wasn't so effective, they took out Sterling, they took out Walker, mm. and they took out um, Sani and they brought in the ball players and there's 77% possession I think and 32 shots on that's goal that's staggering and Mendy 77%. was extraordinary you know this the, the low ball driven across the goal I think Mendy had three assists I don't think I've ever seen a, a percentage that high I was saying the last time I saw was 86 when Barca lost 1-0 to Inter in the Champions League Oh yeah they lost yes <laughs> yeah, 86% 86% lost. but you know that like, this is Mourinho peak Mourinho but yeah. but you know to your point about City's dynamic possession not just control of the ball but exposing actually a good side yeah a good good side um yeah
2: I mean I think losing Kevin De Bruyne for three months is going to be a blow and I think it gave every other club a little bit of like hope okay well maybe they're not going to be so infallible but then they just go out and and also just a very quick shout out to Kieran Trippier as well free kick specialist oh wow Christian Erickson he can't
0: get one now (laughs) <laughs> it's like when think Beckham he's... came in for Giggs Giggs would take all the free kicks for United after yeah, true. And then Beckham came in and Giggs didn't take off for 10 years <laughs> I'm so happy for
2: Trippier because when he came in a lot of Spurs fans not disrespectful but they were just like is he the player that we need Pochettino's has turned him into arguably the best right back in the league um, certainly one of them and he just seems to get better and better and that's one of the things that Pochettino is so good at just extracting the best out of players and another reason why I think Lucas Moura is going to have a good season
0: we're not in a generation actually of great right backs, so that's the thing about Trippier like watch out for the big bid from abroad I have to say because a Possibly, player like that yeah. with those with those qualities this is a guy that came and replaced Carl Walker basically yeah and is better well,
2: and I mean, he was he was he was with the greatest respect pretty unknown at, at Burnley absolutely mm-hmm. I mean
0: I thought he was French <laughs> he's an ex-man city <laughs> Can yeah, I say this because yeah, you look, he didn't quite World make the grade, did he? You look at the World Cup and Kyle Walker played as a right centre back. Not yeah. true, you know. The, he sacrificed. Yeah. This is a guy that is playing. He's played as a right wing back for mm. for City, and they can't get the game there. It's extraordinary how, yeah. how, well,
3: I mean, how. I mean, they offer very different things, don't they? And I think that I mean yeah. the, th- the interesting thing about Trippier is that he's a, you know he's twenty seven. Mm. So if he is going to move, he's, been around, he's the yeah. kind of age where I think he would he would be able to slot seamlessly into. You know, it'd be really interesting to see. If there is a move come in for him, I
2: don't think yeah. so. We'll I see. think I think he'll stay. You he hope so. You hope not. You mean? Damn Any me. other
0: games on your radar?
2: Isn't it Tottenham versus Man United this weekend? It is. Oh,
0: we're trying not to uh, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, Lord. Oh, I think it's at Old Trafford, there right? That, that makes no difference these days. Uh, it makes no difference, to be honest. Yeah. Might as well be on the moon. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I,
3: I tweeted you yesterday, didn't I? Saying uh, when you you said something about Man United fixtures and how, how they make you feel uneasy. I think it's horrifying. Sorry, you got Arsenal at
0: home. November? That doesn't give me any comfort at all. Well at least it's you know that if things are going really bad by November, that's uh no, there's nothing not, that no, a struggling this, team needs more than Arsenal. No, at home. We're in a different timeline now. With this United team, you suddenly don't know where the points are coming from. Mm. They could just free fall for a couple of games, really, because psychologically they're absolutely shot. Mm. I mean, you know, you've got <laughs> Let's not make a United podcast. There's just so many ill-fitting parts in that team at the moment. Hmm. They're ill-fitting, I think, because of the coaching primarily, but they look out of sorts. Yeah, it's two games in, but the early signs are not 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 good. good. Can I just give some uh, quick praise to Everton? Because, you know, they bought Richarlison for a lot of money. A lot of people laughed at that. This man scored three goals in two games. Theo Walcott looks happy. they're a side I think that are kind of what you call the improved middle class of the Premier League a team that might come between let's say sort of 7th and 12th Mm. but will offer a strong challenge every game Watford as well in a similar vein a friend of mine goes oh you know Watford you know well they're not all that I was like well they've got Roberto Pereira up front who played for River Plate and Juventus and they beat Burnley 3-1 away from home. And no matter how well Burnley or badly Burnley are playing, to score three goals away at Burnley is an impressive... I mean, their home record in the last result. couple of seasons, Burnley, has been right, right. very, very good. Yeah,
2: And um, yeah, that was... A Burnley might have a tough time following up last season. I mean, Watford yeah, have got yeah, a real I, sort I of
0: thing in the tail, if I may put that out there. <laughs> That's a, so oh, it's, the Hornets it's a reference. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you, right. you weren't meant to it. mention, so I just... My little reference, <laughs> I Some good games tonight, actually. Th-
3: um, for people listening to this, we're recording on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you've got Palace at home to Liverpool
0: ooh yeah. Palace Liverpool always a classic yeah, uh,
3: Valencia cool. Atletico in La Liga and well Bilbao Leganés not so strong but Valencia Atletico I think will
2: be a good game that would be a great game but just going back to Palace Liverpool whenever I think of that fixture at Stalhurst Park I just think of Luis Suarez crying
0: Cristian Bull yeah <laughs> you remember the hashtag Cristian yeah. Bull I remember thinking that is literature <laughs> <Dan Bull. laughs> whoever wrote, I mean, I, just, this is, this, I mean football is a cruel sport but that yeah. was like that was quick that was yeah. quick
3: yeah, but that'll be interesting. I think that'll also be key to see how uh, how Palace are going to do this season. I think, you know, mm. like they are progressing really well under Roy Hodgson. Mm. And um, yeah, against, I think, I don't think people would have expected them to do as well as they did last season yeah. when he came in, especially after the start they had and they were, you know, comfortably safe by the end of the season. So, and uh, Zahar's just signed a new deal as well, mm. which I think is really good for them. Yeah, it's massive for them. Yeah, and he um, he's, he, you know, I mean, he's you know, had a bit of a a sad time, let's say at Man United, but I think he's, he's someone that, you know, I think he, he fits so well at
2: Palace. I think they're keeping him for a while. I think his time at United is in the rear view mirror already. Yeah, definitely. um, I went
0: to interview Sahar actually um, up in Manchester, where he just arrived. And I remember thinking, you know, he was, he looked really keen to make a go of it. And of course, why wouldn't you? And I remember thinking, gosh, it looks a bit isolated out here. Mm. Like you're sort of off the main road and you're sort of tucked away and sort of, Away from his friends, and I just thought, was he living in Fallowfield? <laughs> I don't know what the part of town was, uh, but I remember thinking somewhere in Greater Manchester. I remember thinking this is not a kind of ideal setup, um, and you can say that's in retrospect, but he didn't really have the support there. He yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like he was coming to a team that was already winning. Yeah. And even some of the he tactical, was still a teenager, right? Yeah, I think he was just into, just into his early twenties. Right. Okay. Even some of the kind of games he was thrown into, and the times he was thrown into, him, I just thought, yeah hiding to nothing really yeah
2: obviously Ferguson made some great signings memorable signings but there were a few that that didn't work out and that was right, right absolutely yeah
0: so we'll take a quick break now and then we will have a chat with James Horncastle joining us from London to discuss Sarri's exciting start at Chelsea So, to discuss Maurizio Sarri's fascinating start at Chelsea, we have the wonderful James Horncastle joining us from London, I believe. James, great to have you on the line.
1: Great to be with you.
0: So, let's leap straight into it. Um, You've come back from Verona. You watched Juventus defeating um, Verona, I think it was 3-2. But Mm -hmm. we're here to talk about uh, a coach who ran Juventus very close last year with his Napoli side, Maurizio Sarri. What can you tell us about this fascinating manager?
1: (laughs) Well, this is a guy who, um, what is, uh, close to, close to turning 60, um, and, uh, hasn't really been around the top of the game for, for very long. Uh, you know, we're talking, you know, four years, uh, really. And, um, for someone who started coaching, uh, sort of the summer of, Italian uh, Italia 90, it's been a very, very long journey, um, to, to get to where he is today. Um, a journey in which he's kind of had, no favors, uh, from anyone, um, has had to completely, uh, get here by himself, uh, and we're talking st- starting right from the bottom. Uh, you know, pub teams, uh, if there are pubs in Naples, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> uh, and, 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 uh, and, Tuscany. Um, because I think the chances are if you've been to a, uh, if you've been to uh, that part of the world on holiday and you've driven through, uh, those wonderful Tuscan villages, mm. uh, the, the kind of, uh, dusty pitches, uh, that you'll find in there will have had Maurizio Sarri coaching on them wow. at some stage. What a story. Uh, in, in his career.
0: So, I mean, but what what then has been, what's been the key behind his rise, would you say? Why, Why has he suddenly risen to prominence? Well, slowly risen to prominence.
1: Well, I mean, one of the reasons why uh, it took him so long, uh, let's say, is that um, yeah, for the first twelve years of his coaching uh, career, he was he was working part time uh, or coaching part time because his main job was uh, was working in, in a bank, the, the Bank of Toscana, um, and he was a foreign currency trader, and that <laughs> used to pay the bills. Um, and uh, it was only uh, when kind of Italy was was making moves to. To drop the lira and uh, adopt the euro, um, that uh, obviously you know, foreign currency traders weren't as much in uh, demand anymore, mm-hmm. and he he saw in that the kind of perfect opportunity to do the only job which he says he would do for free. Um, yeah, you know, his passion uh, was always for football. Um, you know, he um, yeah he was a big uh, let's say disciple of Arrigo Arig- Sacchi and his his Milan side uh, in the late 80s, early 90s used to come of uh, record every one of their games on, on VHS and watch them and, uh, and and implement these kind of ideas um, at, at an amateur level. Um, you know, he, he introduced kind of professional standards among, you know, you kind of, let's say, first round of the FA Cup teams, uh, which, you know, have, you know, are filled with accountants, postmen, milkmen, you know, all that kind <laughs> of thing. Um, and, uh, because, it, because he, he didn't have a playing background, you know, he had, he had no contacts in the game. Right. Um, so this, this was a, this was a, a problem, particularly when it came to getting his, his coaching badges. Um, because to get into, um, uh, Italian football's elite coaching school, Coveciano, where mm. all of, all of the kind of top coaches, Uranciolotti's, Contes, Allegris have had to go through. He had no one who would, uh, open the door for him, um, and, and get him onto one of those, uh, degrees, if you like. Mm. Um, so that, that took time. Um, and also, yeah italian football is 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 pretty ruthless uh, and we we've seen we've seen the premier league become more ruthless in in recent years um you know managers getting the sack earlier and a, t- a higher turnover of managers but it's kind of always been like that in italy and so there wasn't very much patience uh, when it came to him uh, implementing these very sophisticated ideas that he had um with quite raw material um right. uh, and, and 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 very modest um talent at his disposal um, and so, you know, he's uh, – uh, it was it was quite funny a couple of years ago. There was an article in La Repubblica, which is one of the, the broadsheets in Italy, um, interviewing all his former employers, the, the kind of presidents who'd been stupid enough to sack this guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, kind of comparing it with, um, I don't know, the people who told Marilyn Monroe that she, she should have just been a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, British. Elvis. Elvis should have stuck to being a lorry driver, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and things like that. So he's really had to, um, uh, to, 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 uh, to, get himself where he is now. Um, yeah, if, I mean, if you just compare him with Massimiliano Allegri, who I think many people uh, consider to be one of the best, if not the best Italian managers at the moment. Right. Allegri, when, when, I mean, he started at a very low level as well. Um, but, uh, he came to prominence when he got Sassuolo, who, you know, been in Serie A for years now, but had never, ever been in Serie A. Um, he got them into the second division. Um, and, uh, straight away, Cagliari saw potential in him and said, right, we're going to take a chance on this guy. Um, and, uh, and see what he can do. And no one took a chance on Maurizio Sali. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had to get Empoli promoted. Um, in order to to, to to then come to the attention of um, of the elite in Italy, um, so yeah, he's had to do it uh, the hard, the long and hard way.
2: Mm. That's that's fascinating, um, James. It's uh, it's Michael here. Um, I I wanted to ask you more about that time uh, at Empoli because we all mm. know um, well. The, the casual football fan will know um, more about Sarri at, at Napoli, but he did a, an amazing job at Empoli, didn't he?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean Empoli. Uh, just to, to give you some context, uh, a small club uh, in Tuscany. Um, yeah, they're very much in the shadow of, uh, of Fiorentina, um, and uh, they were down in the second division when when he he got the job there and uh yeah have a mostly uh, young uh, and an Italian team empoli are, are pretty renowned for for finding um uh, talent very early um you know just again historically the, the, some of the players that have come through there vincenzo montella um, Antonio Di Natale, um, yeah, um, just a name but a few, but also, mm. yeah, finding talent in, in terms of managers as well. So Luciano Spalletti, yeah. um, yeah, I could, I could, I could keep, uh, keep listing them. Yeah. Um, but, um, Empoli, um, yeah, he got Empoli up playing. Just some, uh, some wonderful football. And they already, uh, starts, I remember the Eddie Howe, the, the, Bournemouth manager. He'd, he'd gone out, um, uh, I think to, to Tuscany to, to, you know, maybe catch a few training sessions, a few games of, of Fiorentina. Uh, and, uh, I think looked looked at what um the manager at fiorentino at the time was doing and but this isn't really anything new i'm not really learning anything um from this um and had to be persuaded to kind of stay on and see this little um uh, sort of research mission out mm. he then went to empoli and was blown away um you know by what he was seeing wow. uh, really kind of altered his perspective on 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 things yeah. um and that's that's the great thing about um uh, about that time, that Sadi had at Empoli is, um, you know, their, their their stadium, the Castellani, is a, is it's not a run down stadium, but it's kind of quite typical of, of Italy, um, mm. you know, at the moment. In that there's a market there uh, most days. I remember when they were trying when they got into Europe ones. When UEFA went to li- try and license them, they were they were like, "Well, what's going on here? There's like chickens running around. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is not this is not the kind of ground that we have uh, have in UEFA competition." But you know, uh, they would train there um, most days, and and it was free. You know, so the old the old men, uh, you know, who would be going around on their bicycles and that sort of thing would you know. Um, yeah, chain up their chain up their bikes and, and and go and watch training to spend you know their um their retirement days watching watching Sadi uh, put these players through their paces and
3: Ooh,
1: that's uh, incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, like there's this stereotype of Sadi. I mean, he looks. I mean, he is he's you know, relatively old when you can certainly compare to some of the coaches in 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 the league where where you guys live in Germany, where mm. most of them are in their thirties. Yeah. Um. You know, he uh, he's not particularly. Um, uh, elegant or glamorous, in you know what he wears. I mean, that's been that's been pointed out this weekend in Serie A, where Ancelotti, his replacement at Napoli, um, was there, you know, in a in a very nice blue blazer with a tie and a, and a shirt, you know, <laughs> looking very statesmanlike, and then. You know, on the Saturday, earlier that day, there's Marito Sadi in his oversized granddad collar shirt, <laughs> sort of club club uniform, <laughs> uh, and, and so you can get the wrong you can get the wrong idea about Sadi, But um, he's he's very much at the um, at the at the cutting edge when it comes to uh, coaching, um, and even then at Empley, you, you, you're in this kind of. Um, not dilapidated stadium, but slightly a, a ground that seemed better days. And, you know, the drones flying overhead, um, um, recording, you know, the, the, the movements of the, of the back line, um, which, you know, I don't think there was any greater compliment, um, than Alessandro Costa Curta, part of that incredible AC Milan defense with Maldini, Baresi and Tassotti saying, you know, it's, 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 it's since those days that he you know, he hadn't seen uh, a defence move in such a synchronised uh, manner than that Empoli uh, uh, Empoli backline back, line back wow. in uh, back yeah. in those days. Mm. Um,
2: S- Sari is 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 one of these coaches as well that doesn't really have much of a, a football career, um, playing career um, to speak of. And you know, we have we've seen similar things with Mourinho of course and as you mentioned there here in Germany um, Julian Nagelsmann and Domenico Tedes- Tedesco what do you make of that kind of it seems like we w- w- that's the trend these days i mean would you agree and it, maybe it's more of a a sign of the game becoming a bit more professional would you say
1: yeah maybe a little bit more democratic uh, yeah. uh, as well um, you know, I mean, again, you know, this is, this is a guy who greatly admires, um, Arrigo Sacchi and, 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 you know, we all know that famous line that Sacchi had that, you know, you don't have to have been a horse to be a jockey. Um, but he was, he always remained, uh, a bit of an exception, um, in, in, in Italy, uh, still is. Um, so, so I think, yeah, I think with Sadi, um, he has had to, Persuade um, people with his own ideas, and ultimately the style, the style of play that his his teams um, uh, teams have in- implemented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has been uh the the greatest uh advertisement for for appointing him than for example pointing to the fact that oh look you're fabio grosso you've won a world cup we'll give you we'll give you a chance right. or oh, you're alessandro nesta yeah, um, yeah. you know why don't you why don't you come over here and uh and we'll we'll sack our our manager who's got us into the second division playoffs but we think you can you can get us you can get us into the top flight and yeah. that sort of thing yeah so um but I, so I think one of the great things about Sadie is is probably players who maybe you know once upon a time would would look at a manager and think uh, a manager with no playing background and think uh who do you think you are telling me what to do <laughs> his um his training sessions is just um so so much fun so varied mm. um and uh just quite, you know, exciting to to. It makes work going into work exciting, and I think that that's 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 something that's you know really, um, you know, comes out when you speak to his players at Empley and at Napoli. That you know they, you know, they didn't um, come in the last minute possible to to start training and leave as soon as they can. You know right. they um, they would get in early because they, they just they just enjoyed being together. There's an energy about the place, right? Yeah, exactly, and yeah, you know, I think. Uh, I mean it's very early days at Chelsea but you know already players are, are kind of talking about that just saying just um, saying how you know, sort of mentally stimulating it is um to go into training and, and 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 look at things um you know very differently um from uh from you know the, the managers and the um teachers that they've had in the past. Yeah. Uh,
3: James is Ryan here just a quick one um is- I believe it's, is it his 19th club? Sorry, Chelsea. And the first <laughs> yeah, wouldn't surprise me. And it's the first time he's managed outside of Italy. Mm. Um, how do you feel that's going to, is that going to benefit him in any way? Or is that going to be a hindrance in any way? And also, do you, even if he doesn't succeed at Chelsea, it, it seems to me that now he's elevated to one of those top tier managers. Do you see him going anywhere else in Europe?
1: Um, I, I think, uh, in terms of the, the 19 different clubs that he's had, um, yeah, in Italy, they don't see sacking as a blemish on your, on your CV. Right. Um, they, they see it as a kind of opportunity to, to learn from your mistakes, um, and to, to be better the next time around. So I think, yeah, his experience will be, will be very, very valuable in that respect. Yeah. Um, I also think, um, uh, in regards to Chelsea one of the things that appealed to him uh, appealed to them about him wasn't only the kind of style of football that uh, his teams play but also that because of his grounding in 5th, 4th, 3rd, 2nd division football where um, your club's often uh, you know, struggling to get to the end of the month it's difficult to pay wages they're on the brink of bankruptcy that he looks at what he's got and makes the most of it he's, he really believes in enriching players and teams through coaching rather than through uh, the transfer market which is you know a stark contrast uh with his predecessor antonio conte who um you know has resigned or you know been kind of told to to get gone in uh, his last two jobs because you know he's been you know very very demanding uh, uh in in terms of the signings that he's wanted um I also think, you know, sadly he's probably had his eye on on, on on working and moving abroad for for some time. His English, I think, is even though he's been sort of having a, a translator flank him, is better, I think, than Mancini's was, Ancelotti's was, Conte's was when uh, when when he came, and, and having someone like Zola, anyway, as his assistant, um is 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 very helpful. So, yeah. I also think, in terms of him bedding in, I think our our experience in the Premier League with these new Super foreign managers, um, but particularly Guardiola, right. where um, where Guardiola was uh, refused to compromise on his ideals, said he wanted to play a certain way, uh, got hammered for it in his first season by certain um, uh, sections of the, the British press. But has now been completely vindicated might have, might, might actually help Sadie in terms of like, you know, we look at him and think, well, he does, he does need a little bit of time. Let's be patient with this because, um, the results could be so special. Mm. And, um, you know, so I don't, I, I think, yeah, he will adapt a little, but the, the, the principles, um, uh, will remain the same
0: mm. Fantastic well James you've uh, not only made me excited um, for Chelsea's <laughs> season which is difficult as some that doesn't support yeah, Chelsea and, and me you've really made me root for this guy yeah. like, it's funny like, just listening to this this sounds like a kind of it sounds like the culmination of a novel or something or like a kind of biopic mm. really like his life story so I just want to thank you so much for an incredible contribution James and um, yeah we know where to find you on Twitter as at James Horn I think Um, Yes, that's the one Can I also say this as well? Sorry to throw this in there but one reason I love James James is writing so much, well James himself um, (laughs) is he wrote an incredible essay on Del Piero when Del Piero retired Mm -hmm. from football which is still one of the best pieces of football writing, sports writing I've ever read. fame. Um, so please, please look that up. It's tremendous. <laughs> James, no, I'm that's
1: right. very, very kind of you, Moose.
0: Just the fact, just the honest truth. Uh, absolute pleasure having you on, and we hope to um, see you again soon enough. Thanks a lot, yeah. James. Thanks, James. Cheers,
1: James. Great. Cheers, guys.
0: Right, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week, recording slightly later. In the meantime, please tell a friend, tell an enemy. If you enjoyed the podcast, please pass it on. And we can be found at the same handle across social media, at Rabonamag. It's been a pleasure having you with us. We'll catch you soon.